Why do you love it so much? I think if you own your own business, you have to be prepared to take risks. Being a woman doesn't hold you back from achieving success. Yep, so if you're struggling, just stop and pause and, and really reflect on why am I struggling here. But I've also worked really hard and telling me it's luck, I think, just takes away some of that recognition of the hard work. One last question. Welcome to Tea with the Queen, a show where I talk with some of my favourite go-getters, inspiring and courageous women in leadership and business. I'm your host, Emma McQueen. I'm a business coach, executive coach, author and speaker. And for 20 years, I've been working with women to unlock their potential and get paid their worth while doing work they love. Buying a property is often the biggest purchase you'll ever make. You might only do it once or twice in your life. So how can you make sure you get the right deal and manage the stress levels at the same time? Well, you're in luck. Today I have with me Lisa Stafford, a 25-year veteran in real estate and owner of her own successful business, AJ Stafford. Clients love her because she offers a more tailored service. She's less transactional than the traditional agents and she spends time educating her clients. Check out the mountains of testimonials she has on her website. With all her years in the real estate game, I asked Lisa how painful can it be for the average punter dealing with real estate agents. Oh, Em, you make me sound old when you say oh. I've been in the real estate industry for years. Um, yeah, look, it's coming up to close to 30 years that I've been doing yeah, real estate building, property staging and working as a property advisor. And yeah, look, I've seen some things. I've seen the good and I've seen the bad. Um, and look, unfortunately, agents do have a reputation for being bad and there's reasons for it. And I guess it's just that inconsistency um, with the level of service that's provided. And I found especially to women, like, you, you know, women that are going through that point in their life where they, they need to make some really big decisions. And that might be based around, they might be going through separation or, you know, putting their parents into aged care or there may have been a death in the family. And these instances are a very emotional time and particularly for women because women do deal with their emotions very, very differently to men. And whilst that's okay, uh, it's unfortunate that some men just will never get it. And um, I think that's where it's really difficult because, you know, when you're dealing with that industry, you need to understand the emotions that's involved when having to make these decisions. Yeah, that makes sense. I think people sometimes, and and this might be how men and women are different, women experience selling or buying a house quite emotionally compared to men who seem to not have those same emotions attached to them. It's kind of just a transaction to them. That's it, yep. Many of us only buy or sell a house once or just a handful of times uh, in our lives and it can be terribly stressful as you've already pointed out with so much money involved. It's important then that you can trust the person you're dealing with, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Like as a seller, you need to trust that the the agent and the team of agents that you've got working for you are working in your best interests all the time and that they're, they're working to get you the best result, not just because it's another listing. Um, then as a buyer, you know, you need to, well, you're about to spend one of the largest amounts of money on any asset 
and you're relying on the information that's being provided to you by those same real estate agents. So, you know, you really do need to trust that what they're telling you is accurate and correct. And this is where it gets really interesting because there's a real uh, decisive conflict of interest. What does that mean, conflict of interest? So the conflict of interest lies upon where the agent that is working for the seller and they have a legal obligation to work for the seller and represent them all the time um, are actually forming their relationships with the buyers that come through and you want that to happen because the buyers need to feel comfortable and they need to trust in that agent um, but at the same time at some point in the, the during the process a seller can sometimes feel like well hang on a minute who are you actually working for and another thing that I have seen happen before is, you know, that buyer may have just sold their property with that same agent. So there's a very fine line. Mm, I can see that. What got you started with your property services? AJ Stafford, how are you different from other estate agents? <laughs> well, I think that's what made me start my own business because I wanted and I needed to be different from other agents. Um, look, Having worked for others and working for a boss, I think, you know, you're really, you're instructed to act, you know, according to their rules. And I guess what I, I really wanted to have that independence and I really wanted to be able to form my own processes and my own procedures based around my ethics and what I believe in. Um, and what makes me different to a real estate agent is that I actually work 100% independently for my clients. So from a seller's perspective, um, you know, I don't deal with the buyers. So there is no conflict of interest. Um, and it's kind of like having that expert that's got your back the whole way through and that one person that you can trust and you're not ever being handballed to somebody else that you weren't even expecting to be in the mix. Um, I guess I take away the guessing. So, you know, I, I make sure that they're really well informed and that they know exactly what to expect during the whole process. And I know you well enough, Lise, to know that your clients love you because you value at at every point and you're so empathetic and compassionate to what they're actually going through. So you really tap into that uh, empathetic side, I suppose, because that's who you are as a person. And I can see that that's a gift that you give your clients. And I'm, I'm not even sure that you realize that that's a gift you give your clients. Thanks, Emma. <laughs> Um, if, if I'm looking to sell, how do I choose the right agent? Because from what I hear from you say, you can do that bit for me, which takes all my pain away. Well, absolutely. Yeah. So my first, I guess, uh, suggestion would be, yeah, get in contact with me and I'll do it for you for free because that's what I do. But look, if, if you're wanting some good advice, I would certainly recommend that you do your own research on your own property. It's so vital that you have a really good understanding of what your property is worth and don't rely on the agent. Uh, I know so many people that that's their first question, you know, how much is my property worth? And, you know, unfortunately, so many agents will tell you what you want to hear to get your signature on that page and be your agent. So do your own research would be my first recommendation. So you've got a really good idea of what similar houses are selling for in the current market. Because at the end of the day, you know, if, if your agent tells you that they, they can get you 50 grand more than the other agents, well, they're not the one that's buying your house. So really it means nothing. It's the buyers that are going to determine the value of your home in the current market. So the first question I would be asking the agent is, what will you be advertising my property for? Because this is essential. 
Like this is one of the key questions that so many people miss and it's what you're signing off on on the paperwork when you engage an agent. So it's crucial that you understand where your property is going to sit in the advertising. As opposed to what your property is worth. That's right. Huh. It's interesting. Absolutely. Interesting reframe. I guess the other thing I would be um, asking is who's going to be working on this campaign? Because I see time and time again, you've got some agencies that have their listing agents that go around to get the listings and they sign the clients up and then you never see them again. So you're not getting what you thought you were. They're very good at talking the talk and, and you know forming those relationships to get the signatures. But then you get a team of agents that are working on your campaign that you have never met. So just be wary of that and ask that question. Who will be working on my campaign? Who will be dealing with the buyers? Who will be calling the buyers back? And who will be communicating with me? The $64,000 question is, should I sell at auction? And if I do, what happens if it gets passed in? This is a great question, Emma, and I get asked it quite often. Um, The whole auction process is such a scary thing to have to go through. And I'm not really sure why. Because when you sell your house at auction, it's the only way here in Australia that you can sell a property and it's an unconditional sale. So what that means is that there is no cooling off, there is no subject to finance, and there is no subject to building and pest inspection or any other special condition. So once that that document is signed, that's it. It's a done deal. So there are processes that, sh- that I use and strategies that I put in place to make sure that you get the best price. And put simply, there's four different things that can happen when you put your house for sale by auction. Come auction day, you can have competitive bidding and sell under the hammer. Um, you know, you pass re- reserve, you get a great price and everyone's happy. You don't need to have to worry about anything there. There's no decisions that need to be made. The next thing that can happen is, of course, that there are no bidding. There's no active bidding and the property passes in on a vendor's bid. Again, there's no decisions to be made here. This is what has happened. And you, you, I would like to think that you would know and expect this to happen. And this could happen because the buyers that are wanting to buy your house cannot bid under auction conditions. So they need it to be subject to finance or they'd like it to be subject to building and pest inspection or for some other reason. might be a sale of their own home, might be for for different things. But in this instance, it's not the end of the world because if you were going to sell your house by private sale, you would still be in the same position that you are come this day. Can I ask for our audience what a vendor's bid is? Yep, so that's when the auctioneer makes a bid on behalf of the vendor. So I guess um, originally there was um, what used to be known as dummy bidding, um, which has been outlawed now. And it's like a vendor bid is a transparent way of saying, like, you know, well, come on, I'm going to put in a bid on behalf of the vendor to try and get some, you know, point you in the right direction. Right. And it's normally well below reserve. Okay. But it's really just a, a, a tipping point so that when the property is passed in, on a vendor bid, then the reserve is set at a price that that property can be purchased on. So the next two um, scenarios are the ones where you need to be prepared for and have a strategy in place. And this is what I work really closely with my clients on. And that is that, um, okay, so you've got bidding and it, you know it's got a bit of momentum, but it starts to slow down and it's just about at reserve or it may have just passed reserve. 
but this is where you need to trust in your agent to work for you because it, they can sort of read the body language and they know the buyers um, and they can anticipate whether they're ready to go and they're just holding off, waiting for those famous words that we all know very well, we are on the market. Now, if you've got that plan in place and you know that there is you know, a bit more action or a bit more room to move there, then what can happen is the agent can declare it on the market and wait for that injection of momentum to kick in, which could potentially take you to scenario one. There's no guarantees for this. However, generally, if momentum starts up again and we're on the market, bidding takes off and we sell under the hammer. Scenario four is when the auctioneer or your agent can read that the the momentum has slowed down and there's not much left. So the best strategy there would be to pass the property in to the highest bidder and negotiate with them privately. So in this scenario, what happens is that purchaser or that bidder gets exclusive rights to negotiate with the seller and an arrangement is made. So they're then informed of what the reserve is or what will buy the property today and then there's negotiations that take place. And sometimes using this strategy can actually get you a better result. So these are all the things that I go through with my clients so that when the day comes, they're not nervous. Well, they probably are a little bit, but nowhere near how they would have been had they not be prepared for what could happen and know what decisions are made before they have to make them. So Lise, which of those four is the most common? Ah, well, it's funny you say that because no two auctions are the same. No two sellers are the same and the buyers change from every single scenario. So it's not what's more common. I guess it's just, um, you know, how the campaign has tracked to that point in time and how many buyers you've got to deal with. So again, being well informed and knowing in advance and the lead up to the auction is essential to just work out what your strategy is going to be beforehand. Let's flip it. If you were looking to buy a house and it was being auctioned, you've already said that bidding can be scary and I think people are scared because they don't understand the full process and they don't have anyone holding their hand. But do you have any strategies that you can share if you were buying the house? Yep, for sure. Look, the best way to buy property is at auction because it's a transparent way of buying property. You know exactly who your buyers are. You can see them. You can read their body language and you know what their offer is. Now, with this, you only need to be $1 more than they are to secure the property if the auctioneer will let you bid in those increments, but you know exactly what you're dealing with. I guess the most important thing about bidding at auction and being in a position to secure and purchase a property at auction, do your research. You need to understand what you're going to be prepared to pay for that property and that may come down to what other comparable properties have sold for. Um, but you need to be able to do an assessment on that property as well and then take into fact your emotional need and want and what those circumstances are based around that property um, to put your own value on it. Now, you need to do all your due diligence before auction day. So if you, if you need to have a building and pest inspection, have it done prior. Um, your finance, you need to have your finance sorted. It is an unconditional sale, so you need to be aware of that. So when you're setting your budget, I would recommend getting off a round number. 
So say, for example, you've got a budget of 700, go that little bit more and make it 703 because you never know that, like, you know, you'll be, you'll be squeezed and when you are squeezed, you've already made that allowance and that adjustment in your mind. Also, if you're going to start the bidding, what I'd recommend is just starting off um, and set up the increments and the way of doing this. Say, for example, the first bid, you were going to think, all right, 650, make it 645. And odds are that the next person will go 650, but then the increments are 5,000 instead of 10,000. So there's little tricks like that that you can use. But again, it comes down to reading the play. Keep your emotions in check. This is really, really important and not everybody can do it, but you need to bid. Number one, if you want to buy the property, you need to be bidding and you need to be bidding confidently and consistently. Put yourself in a position to buy the home. So what this means is like if there's nobody else bidding, make sure that the property is passed into you so that you have that first right to negotiate with the sellers. And when all else fails, get some professional help. Like if you need help to bid an auction, that's what I do. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. What are your top tips with getting your house to market to get the best price? Well, look, my best tips, number one, you need to prepare not only your home, but you need to prepare yourself. Like you need to be in a position where you're ready. Um, And I see so many people that, you know, put their houses on the market because they have to for whatever circumstances that may be, but they're not emotionally or or physically or mentally ready they're not ready so it's really important to be in that stage and I think part of that is knowing what to expect and you know trusting the people that are around you and working out who who is making the decisions and you don't just help someone choose a real estate agent, do you, Lisa? You actually help them with styling and getting their home ready for sale. Well, absolutely. And that, I guess that's a unique part of what I do as opposed to other vendor advocates, so to speak. Um, yeah, look, I help people get prepared. So with their own self and with their house as well, like the whole decluttering and like, you know, okay, everybody knows the word decluttering. It's such a different thing to get your house ready to sell by decluttering it um, than it is to just, you know, do a bit of a spring clean. Presentation of your home. Well, yes, a lot of people think that that's, you know, just put up some nice fluffy cushions and all that sort of thing. There's so much more involved. It's, you know, call it property styling or staging a home for sale, whatever, whichever one you prefer. But there are some real tricks and some real um, value add points that you can do around creating space and creating a mood because at the end of the day to get a better price for your property you need to create competition and to do that you need to have more than one buyer that falls in love with your property. Perfect. The capital cities have seen huge growth in the housing market but how's the market faring now and especially with our crisis of COVID-19 should we be worried? Yeah, look, it's an interesting um, stage that we're entering into. What's really interesting that I've really noticed, and like, you know, my husband's in the building game, so construction and building are still moving along as normal, which is quite remarkable. Um, You know, you, you think about our economy and, yeah, whilst that is taking a bit of a hit and there's a lot of uncertainty out there, everyone needs somewhere to live and it will always come down to that supply and demand. 
And I think whilst new lending is going to be tight for some time, particularly for those whose circumstances have changed because of COVID, we're also experiencing some of the lowest interest rates we have ever seen. There's some really good opportunities out there. And I think now, more than ever, you need to have good professional advice. So it sounds like it's really interesting to hear because what looks relatively easy, there's a lot of art and a lot of science to actually buying or selling a house and a lot that goes into it behind the scenes, which as a mere mortal, we wouldn't necessarily see. Whereas you have story after story of people that you've helped and people that you've helped style their home to sell and get a great result. But it's because they've followed a specific process, which obviously you have in your brain because you've done this so many times. So people come to you, they follow your process, they follow your styling tips, etc., etc., And that's how you're helping your clients to sell their houses. Well, that's right. And I think it's been adapted. Like I've, I've formulated this process because I've, you know, it's been hands-on experience. Um, so I've learned, you know, from the ground up what works and what doesn't. One of your strengths, Lise, is working with divorcing couples. And uh, you are the conduit and the fact keeper of selling the house. So you have told me many stories of when you have needed to help someone, both sides, get through selling their house and selling it in a way so that they can actually move on with their lives. And one of the strengths that I see in you is that you're this conduit so that if it's really ugly, the wife and the husband actually don't need to speak to each other. You do all that work. That's the unspoken gift that you have because if people hire you to do that, then it takes the stress away from dealing with a potential ex that they're not necessarily talking to because let's face it divorced people don't love each other necessarily and one of the things that I see in you is that you actually just use the facts and you keep them focused on selling their house rather than getting mad at each other and I think that that's a really interesting gift that you bring to your services. Oh thank you Emma and yeah look this comes back to you know that preparing stage of the process and making sure that you know they're prepared for this and part of that is you know not beating each other up or not focusing on the hurt but focusing on moving forward in a positive way and to do that we need to get the best price for the property so it's about working as a team even if you're not speaking with one another we can still work as a team with me involved, I can make that happen. Yeah, it's perfect. And where would people find you, Lise? What's your what's your web address? Oh, thanks, Em. Well, you can find me at ajsafford.com.au or you can give me a call anytime on 0402 Lisa, what a delight you are. Thank oh. you so much for coming in and chatting with us about this. And I love the tips and I think our listeners will really get some value out of it and I encourage them if they're feeling like they want to sell their house or buy a house that they reach out to you but thank you for coming along oh thank you so much emma it's been an absolute delight that's lisa stafford that's it for this episode of tea with the queen if you love this episode let me know i'd love to hear from you and you're very welcome to leave a review on apple podcasts it helps us with promoting the podcast for others to listen to inspirational topics on leadership and business if you want to contact me directly, all the details are at my website, emmamcqueen.com.au. It's also where you can find my new book, Go Getter, in which I share practical tips to take control of your life. Speak to you soon.